everyone. Do, 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 do. Welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast with us, your hosts, Melissa and Fish. This is a Felicity Rewatch podcast. We'll watch an episode each week and join you here to talk about it. Now, a quick reminder, you know, it's not a spoiler-free podcast, although probably not going to give a whole lot of spoilers for this episode. Why? This is a weird one. And we're going to get weird. I'm Melissa. Normally, your optimist. Today, I'm flipping around. I'm going to be your cynic. And I'm here with my wonderful co-host, the one day only optimist, Fish. Fish, uh, what do I even want to ask? How are you doing? What What's happening? What's going on? I'm feeling optimistic today. Oh. I'm feeling like, yeah, the world is uh, is my oyster. And I've got a wonderful chai latte uh, right here. And uh, yeah, things are just are just looking good. Get over yourself, fish. <laughs> Love you too. Mm-hmm. What are we doing right now? Well, <laughs> we're going to talk about season two, episode 11. If you've been listening to the last several episodes of our podcast, you may know that I was, I'm going to say, I don't know, trepidatious, concerned, worried, not looking forward to this episode. Uh, and here we are, Help for the Lovelorn. This one originally aired January 23rd, 2000. It was written by J.J. Abrams. And it was directed by Lamont Johnson. Let me read this episode description so you know who that is. Former Twilight Zone director Lamont Johnson helms this tribute to the sci-fi series in which a lovelorn Felicity visits a mysterious clinic that promises to heal her broken heart. However, no one will tell her what the cure actually entails despite repeated requests. So she bolts before her examination is done only to learn later that the treatment has already begun. <laughs> so um, that's that's the description. Um, Fish, where would you like to start? I guess with, uh, I guess a few overarching comments and then maybe we can get kind of your comments back to that and huh. then maybe go through it uh, a little bit. I mean, I understand why this might not be your favorite. Um, I mean, it it is an episode in and of itself, uh, a bottle episode, as you call them. And yes, it did come in the middle of a to-be-continued uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> series of uh, two episodes. But I loved it. I really did. Uh, I mean, I, I, I really love the Twilight Zone, so mm-hmm. that helps. I also really like old movies, and I love the noir genre. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I mean, w- one of the things that hit me the most is I thought the music was most appropriate for this episode. And my guess is it's the same. Uh, probably because it's old enough that it wasn't copyrighted or they got it from from the Twilight Zone. But I love the 
the noir music and then they give you like the alarm music and then they let you calm down with what sounded like earth angel but um i think was something else you know so you've got the soda shop feel so i i was really hit by the music uh-huh. i i love the way it was shot i love the black and white and you know some of the aerial shots that they had and and the way that it built suspense uh i felt was was very good hitchcock-esque i liked how they had tropes from the those old series in them i mean this entire episode was about gaslighting felicity right Mm -hmm. and then you see her as the hysterical woman uh which again fits very much into that whole series so i mean there were a lot of things that i i did like about this but those were some of my i guess bigger overarching comments care to weigh in on any of those okay so well i haven't really seen much twilight zone um i maybe have seen a few episodes of it ever um I do, I have watched a lot of old films. I've watched a lot of noir, watched a little bit of sci-fi. Um, and so it's not that I'm against any of those elements. I enjoy those things. The problem I always have, I can't think of a time when a TV show has done something like this and I liked it with any style that they did attribute to, even if it's a style that I like, because for me, I'm tracking a story, I'm tracking characters. And anytime a showrunner decides to do a bottle episode, that's totally a tribute and discards basically everywhere you are in the plot at that moment. Like when it doesn't move anything forward at all, I just am not interested in it because that's not the show that I'm watching. And so for me, like I took all these notes about what happened, but at the end of the day, I feel kind of like existential crisis about it because I'm like, but does any of it matter? And in reality, if you removed this episode entirely, it would make zero amount of difference in the plot for the whole, for like the, the whole show, this, the story arc of the whole show. So it doesn't feel to me like a good time investment. And, and um, I actually, so I skip it on rewatches and I, this is maybe like the third time ever I've actually seen this episode, even though I've seen all the other ones many, many more times than that. I actually forgot that episode 10 was the first part of a to be continued so when to be continued came up in the last episode when we were watching it I was like are you kidding um (laughs) like as usually I'm used to a a two-parter being back to back and here they disrupted it with something that's really a non sequitur it kind of has nothing to do with pretty much anything they pulled in a few elements of those characters personalities but I think we're really meant to look at these people as like this could be a standalone um the their their characters are shifting enough to be part of that period that 
it um, it doesn't really feel like it's a cohesive narrative. So that's that is ultimately my overarching view of this. Um, and yeah, um, I mean, I'm sure they did what they did pretty well. I just um, it isn't an episode of Felicity, and we're usually here to talk about the show Felicity. So it puts me at a little bit of a loss and like how to approach it. But I, I would, it'll be interesting to talk through it with you, Fish. And it would be interesting also to like hear from listeners on like, do you like this episode? Do you not like this episode? Did you like where it was placed? I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see what people's general opinion is because I could totally imagine why people would like it. Um, if you like tribute episodes in general, this is one. So, yeah, I also think that, you know, I, I know you don't watch just a lot of sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really work for you. But, you know, back when we weren't binge watching everything, they would have these episodes where basically it would just be clips from the show. Mm hmm. And it would kind of be, a, I don't know, like a placeholder or. Yeah, Alias did that a lot. Yeah. and Except they incorporated in that show. And I only mention this show because it's, you know, the same showrunner. Um, like with Alias, anytime you were coming back after a break, they would do an episode where like Sydney would be like, so here's what's happened, you know, and she, but it was always like in the context of she was being interrogated by somebody or um, like they would place it within the story and then they'd have a clip show and, but it was still like part of the now. Um, it wasn't something that was like completely. I'm thinking more of like friends. Mm. which you know they there would be maybe five minutes of like the now show where they're sitting around you know the coffee shop or you know um monica's apartment on the couches and saying remember when and then they'd go to like three clips right Mm -hmm. and so i find those really annoying and Mm -hmm. didn't like them and so those I definitely will skip, like when rewatching Friends, because I'm like, I just watched this. And I kind of feel like this episode did something like that. It, it wasn't a, obviously, clips, which made me actually like it because I like the style. But I feel like it is a, let's take a step back from an intense plot point and let's focus in on where Felicity's emotional state is and reflect a little bit more on the type of person she is and her personality and maybe how she's changed a bit. I found this to be really more reflective of who Felicity is now. And in that way, giving us an insight into into that, it helps me hopefully, you know, see what will happen next in a different context. And and so I think I found that to be an interesting way to do it. And Mm -hmm. because I also like 
the style in which they did it. That just is sort of like a cherry on top. But I like taking a step back and thinking about, all right, well, what are some of the themes? What are, you know, some of the the internal things that are going on? That's why we talk for three to four hours about this stuff. So I guess I'm a little surprised that knowing how much you like looking into the characters that that you didn't kind of find this a little more interesting from a this is really reflective of who felicity is at the moment and her relationship well that's the thing i don't think this is who felicity is at the moment i think that her dad just came in and like i think the last thing she's thinking about right now is her love life um like the last thing we saw was a whole episode where her dad came back with her to New York to open up this first, the second half of season two. And the whole episode was about her world being rocked over her family unit coming apart at the seams and her trying to figure out what that meant for her. And yeah, she goes to the pool with Ben. She has no time with Noel in that episode. I think Felicity is not thinking about love whatsoever in this moment, or I don't even know if Felicity knows who she is at this moment. I think that she's in like, like a, the most desperate place in a triage unit right now. And so looking at this episode from that standpoint, I think would only be possible for me if it were placed somewhere else that made more sense in the story. But she's not, she's not, um, we didn't leave off in the to be continued with her thinking about like, oh, what's it going to be with, with the boys, you know, (laughs) like Ben and Noel are not, to me, it it was just such an afterthought for her, but it's the whole point of help for the love Lauren. And I don't know, I feel like this would have been better placed in the first half of season two. I mean, I definitely have been feeling in the last few episodes, like before her dad kind of dropped dropped the big bomb on her, that she was having feelings for both. Well, at first she was having feelings for Noel, which obviously were kind of reciprocated. And then Ben comes into the picture, right? And she's having these like moments with him. And so I definitely felt like like she was having moments with them. I don't think it was the main, it's not the main thing that's in her mind at, at the end of episode 10, mm-hmm. but I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm okay with just taking a step back again from an intense moment. And given that the last three episodes have all focused on Nolan Ben, and now they're both back in the picture, I'm, yeah, I I am okay with this. I I think she is very much in a desperate feeling throughout most of this this episode. But I think you're right. It it doesn't go to exactly where she is right now with her father. Cuz you um, know, I think that what they did in portraits was a better attempt at timing for this, right? Like in portraits, which was the very last episode at the end of the first half, um, she has all those weird dreams. 
and we get all those cat, we get, you know, we get Eli coming back, we get lucky, we get David, we get all the men who have ever been in her life, we get the idea of ambivalence, we get her wondering what it all means. She thinks in that moment that it means she's interested in Noel. And yet she's still like dreaming about all these different people. Um, it's, it's sort of like a who's who of everybody who's been on the show at that point. Like so many people end up getting featured in those dreams, or at least anybody who's ever had a connection to her love life. They did that. They did that already. And so they open up the second half with a really uh, confronting episode with opening up all new plot lines with, you know, her dad coming back with her, opening up that whole story. She just got in trouble with Ben. And so what's going to happen with that? She, is she going to, she like, whether she's going to get expelled or not is currently hanging in the balance. She didn't see Noel. And yet they've placed this episode, which for me feels like it's investigating, um, from a different angle, some of the things that Portraits was trying to do only two episodes ago. And we just have don't have enough runway here at the second half of the season to like interrupt it again with something that isn't actually part of the current major plots they developed. Um, like, and I'm just kind of scrolling through I almost feel like this would be better served coming much later in the season or in like almost towards the end of this season or um, the like part way into the first half. I don't know. Maybe you could watch it then. Do oh, I won't. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I want it to make sense in the story to me. Yeah, but I think because uh, to me it speaks, it, it goes beyond just talking about Ben and Noel, right? We don't get a resolution on is it Ben or Noel. Mm-hmm. I don't actually think this is about Ben or Noel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it is about Felicity and the kind of person she is. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I guess I'm I'm still okay with it coming at a pivotal time when she's going to have to make decisions Mm -hmm. um, or have to deal with a lot. Um, So maybe if we start going. Yes, let's let's get into, but just to put this in context for you, Fish, I'm just looking ahead. I'm not going to give you spoilers here, but I'm just looking ahead at when I think she actually starts to care about relationships again. And I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling scrolling maybe around episode like 15 maybe (laughs) um i you know there's a little wiggle room there it's gonna be a while i might even say episode 16 i actually i'd say probably episode 16 so that's a long that's like a whole month Let's see, because this one aired January 23rd. And the next one where I'm thinking, like, I really feel like she's looking at somebody with interest is in April. (laughs) 
you know yes. so like the this timing does seem to be an issue for you it's a pretty big one because i think her love life is so not a priority for a while um it's not to say that there aren't like men in her orbit there are but she's got some we opened up a some pretty significant stuff for her to deal with. That's not her love life. And they're going to give us a little room for that to breathe. Um, and, you know, bring some new characters in who can change her viewpoint entirely. Um, like, I think that Dr. Pavone does some of the things that, that this episode is trying to do in an organic way. Um, yeah. And I just, you know, I don't have any insight into yeah. what comes next. Yeah. So, maybe I just don't see how to out of place this is or how much it is repetitive. Yeah. It'll be interesting as we get further in. If you, yeah, I mean, I can tell you seeing it as if it was a first watch, I certainly don't mind it here. Okay. And you know, maybe they didn't expect people to like immediately go back and, and start watching it again, which I know you do when you love things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, and now we must see if if it happens all in the right order. And and maybe it would make sense if it was later. I do have a feeling that even if it was later, you still wouldn't like it. I still wouldn't. I still yeah. wouldn't like it. But <laughs> there would be more context for it to be placed where it was if it happened anywhere near where she's thinking about relationships, which to be honest is like almost the entire show. They have embedded this into a spot where that's like the only time she's going to be single for a while. Um, (laughs) So it's like, so, so knowing, knowing that she's not going to be in a proper relationship for a bit, she, for her to come through this and for her initial thought to be, uh, I don't want to feel anymore. I don't want to deal with love anymore. But by the end of it, for her to say, yes, I do. That to me is better placed in the context of she's about to get into a relationship and she does. So in like the next episode, we're it's going to be April. <laughs> it's going to be like for the real runtime of the show, it's going to be well over like almost two and a half months. Um, for them, for her to have this realization in this episode, like, oh, I do believe in love. It's like, great. Doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on a tick. We'll come back to that. Put a pin in this for just a moment, this revelation you've had, Felicity, and we're going to come back to that later. Um, But up to this point, she has believed in it. So again, on a first watch, it seems relevant to what she has already gone through. Yeah. You're doing a great job being an optimist here, Fish. I'm putting your feet to the fire. Yeah. I can't I mean, handle that's, it. That's what happens. Yeah. All right. So we do still need to go through it. Mm-hmm. And I will say, you know, there's pieces that I, I probably won't go through it in full detail because I know you're not going to be that interested in it. So I'll just go through the things that <laughs> I thought were pretty cool. So we start out again. Have we said it's a black and white episode? We did, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. It's like, it's a period piece. I think this one is what squarely set in like the sixties. You know, I found the time kind of hard to, to figure out. Um, Mm -hmm. Definitely the outfits were like fifties, sixties, 
so which I also love. And and they're speaking in the way that people were kind of speaking in old movies, you know how people were trained to speak in a way that doesn't sound like real dialogue. Yeah. Um, Some of them were more effective at that than others, I would say (laughs) there was a real and I would say even the best of them, they were like in and out with their lines, but they were asked to do like they probably had a week to figure out this style and just started shooting it immediately. But I enjoyed how how Megan and Felicity do it in the first scene. I thought they spoke really well mm-hmm. and absolutely loved Megan's outfit and her hair. So so that I- is a nod to the future, although I don't know if they knew that right now. Um, Megan will, at a certain point in this series, start to dress a little bit more of this era. Interesting. It'll be like a, a major... Um, I don't know. It'll be a shift for her probably around the time we're starting to see more of her character. Um, but if you like this look, that's good news for you because you'll see more of it from, from specifically her. And I do like this look on everyone, Mm -hmm. by the way, major bonus points for the fact that we get a really long, clear view at all the things on her box, mm-hmm. including the giant super freak uh, sticker. What I thought was Ozzy, but probably isn't by the second time I looked at it. I think it maybe it's a woman. Mm-hmm. But uh, if we wanted to know more about the stickers on her box, I mean, the reason you don't remember them is probably because you skipped this episode. Yes. <laughs> We get a, a nice clear view of that. So I'm I'm giving it bonus points for that. Okay. I like the opening scene and how they get I mean you're absolutely right. They they pull threads of who they are into the episode. And I find that fun. So that's all I have on the first scene. I don't know. Yeah, if you have- I think the main thing in terms of dialogue, like Felicity saying, you know what a gray day. It is such a gray day. Um, Megan, while Felicity is looking out the window, Megan has been holding the box open in clear view for a while. And finally, when Felicity turns around, she slowly closes it. And, you know, Felicity says what's in the box. It's like, had you just turned around a second earlier, you could have just (laughs) seen from across the room inside of it. But um, yeah, Megan was being fairly bold in that situation without trying to be. She wasn't, they weren't trying to make her like super snarky here. They just, um, yeah, she just had the box open for a while. So Felicity does ask what's in the box. That question comes up again. It of course doesn't get answered. Um, Well, not immediately. Not immediately. Nope. Um, I'm just imagining her parents at this moment being shocked mm -hmm. by the five little dolls. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. I think at the end of this episode, they're going to give you the theory of what's inside, but it's not, it's not um, real time meant to be the theory. This is just like this bottle episode. Fun to think about in the way it doesn't make any sense in the context yeah. of the real show. It's like, I'm going to get rid of it, but how? Mm-hmm. Well, by dumping the little, the little. Yeah, uh, like, I don't see how you can do that. Remember <laughs> Vampire Walter? Um, yes. Yeah. Had it been five little, little dolls. dolls. 
Walter might not have been so shocked and he would have thought you could throw it away, but Hey, (laughs) whatever. Um, does make sense that it would be something that would kind of rattle around in the box, but that's kind of the only thing that tracks. (laughs) They're they're cloth dolls. I don't know that they make. Oh, they were cloth. Okay. Well, there goes that. Um, (laughs) yeah, look at me. I was trying to be an optimist for two seconds and then I was like, nope. Um, Gotta stick in your lane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, we're going to go to Dean and DeLuca, a, a black and white Dean and DeLuca. I kind of liked that they showed, um, for a second, like they picked the first shot to show you of Dean and DeLuca as one that actually kind of looks like, it kind of made me think of children of the corn, to be honest, like <laughs> the, like it looked like a different location yeah. because they don't usually at this point in the series, they haven't done a lot of showing us that angle. The angle where you're looking from, like where they're working over the side counter oh, through the window. Um, that is that is a part of Dean and DeLuca that we will see in some important scenes. But we haven't seen it a lot yet. Usually you're looking like over the main part of the counter into where all the people are sitting. Um, so the fact that they gave us such like a bare bones shot of Dean and DeLuca felt that um, it made sense for like trying to simplify the location, but they, but they are in Dean and DeLuca that they'll pan to show you the rest of it. Um, but for a second I was like, Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is Dean and DeLuca. Yeah. And they've removed a bunch of stuff from it because there's no cappuccino maker. There's Mm no till there's no, I mean, it's, when you say bare bones, I mean, there really isn't much there except for some cookies for, sadly stacking cookies sadly (laughs) am i wrong like this is in a lot of scripts slowly and sadly uh and and ruminatively in Mm -hmm. this case wow um but this is where i thought earth angel was playing but i don't actually think it was earth angel it was just it was quiet but it had that soda pop feel right so you're heading down to the this felt like kind of a soda pop shop now i I'm fully going to admit that I am I am calling Noel out as the MVP of this entire thing. And I thought that he was unbelievably sexy in this. And oh. I have like re-fallen in love with him. Love his hair, love his clothes. <laughs> Everything about it is just working for me. Okay. And he's really sweet. Until he's really menacing and then such a dude. (laughs) Right. We we will get to my opinions on that later. (laughs) Um but yeah, he he's super sweet here. Mm -hmm. And and then we of course we got the weird um guy with the hat reading a newspaper. Mm -hmm. And and then he's just sort of chilling in the background with Ben. Yeah. And there's this, you know, wistful look on on Felicity's face, which I thought she was just really focusing in on Noel. But then I guess it it became about the two of them. Um, I thought that she was looking back and forth between the two of them. And then I had a sense that the woman was calling her out more for looking at Ben. Um, well, she said boyfriend and felicity says boyfriends 
but it's mm. never really clear on who they're talking about. And because Noel was the one just talking to her and Ben hadn't talked to her at all, I thought she, in, in that moment, was really more focused on Noel. But mm. since she That's does say boyfriends, I was like, okay. And then they're like, oh, you know, love is complicated. And we get the the title from this weird lady who keeps showing up and frankly- Doesn't blink. Yeah. Uh, seems like she has been lobotomized, which mm-hmm. is what I thought the treatment was going to be, but it didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But it's this sort of, you know, cultish, uh, Stepford Wives kind of, here, come to the clinic and get help for the lovelorn. Yeah. Um, I guess a, a few notes along the way here. Uh, Noel's clean cut look, I found more funny than sexy. Um, uh, I, I thought his head looked really flat. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. I was just so, I mean, he, I fully admit he was not that great looking in season one. Mm-hmm. But he has gotten so much better looking. Okay. And the black and white, is just feel it did him justice. really working for him. Okay. Uh, you know, um, I, I thought he was, he was amusing looking, uh, which is a different vibe. That you had. <laughs> um, he makes a point at the register or when he's talking to Felicity up at the counter, he says three semesters left. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, you know, kind of time's ticking down for him not for her as much. She's a year behind him, but, um, and then we do see Ben and Noel talking the reason. So you and I had different interpretations of who, who that strange woman might've meant initially when she said, you know, like old boyfriend, um, because although Felicity was just talking to Noel, the camera was showing shots of both, so when when Noel went to sit down, they show us a shot of Noel t- and Ben talking, and then they showed a lingering shot on Ben right before the woman came up. So I think you and I had different moments frozen in our brains, um, both of which were accurate in terms of like we spent a bunch of time looking at one of the characters. We had most recently seen a lingering shot of Ben, and then the woman comes up and yeah, she's like lovesick. And she gives Felicity that card from the clinic just says like the clinic. She says, it's a treatment. And she, there was a line that she said here for the incurable romantic, the clinic is the cure. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. This uh, reminds me of, uh, I don't know why this reminds me of this, but <laughs> so when I was a little gymnast, the first meet I ever had, I don't know, I was maybe like seven, was going to be at a gym called The Gym. <laughs> and I remember having a conversation, and I'm going to say an argument with my coach, like one of the head coaches at the gym. And he was like, are you looking forward to the meet? I was like, yeah, where's it going to be? He's like, the gym. I was like, I know, but where? And he's like, the gym. I was like, I know, but what gym? He's like, the gym. I was seven. He must have been peeing his pants. 
Because, like, it wasn't a moment where I would get in trouble. It was like, this is the weirdest Abbott and Costello moment with a seven-year-old I've yeah. ever had. And you just know that that gym, like, they set everybody up for that very conversation. Um, anyway, that's what happens when you give <laughs> places a generic name, like the clinic. But I think it's also a sign of the time period, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you just call something the coffee shop at that time it probably was the only coffee shop yeah that's fair now i mean in all fairness if you say starbucks you still don't know where you're meeting yes um but it's uh yeah plus they you know they can't really give it a name since you know they can't be like the mayo clinic the but, uny clinic yeah <laughs> Yeah, the clinic clinic associated with Dean DeLuca. Um, Yes. Yeah. So the other thing I like here is you get to see this freckle really clearly Mm -hmm. that Felicity has on her face. Mm -hmm. And trying to remember what time period it was, but I want to say somewhere in the 1800s. Uh, that was called the kissing. Oh. If a woman had a, a mark right there. Okay. And, you know, it, it was seen as like a very kind of fetching and romantic my, oh my. thing for someone to have. So I thought that, that was an interesting, I don't know if they did that on purpose, but, you know, might be a, a nod to Marilyn Monroe or something as well. But doesn't she always have that freckle? But it's I think just she does, in black but and it white. So, it's like, yeah, pronounced. Yeah. And you know, they had done her makeup so that it was really pronounced. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I just I And you that thought fact. it was fetching. Yeah. Okay. And then, but I did find the time period hard to to narrow down. Like, yes, I think it was fifties or sixties because of their outfits, but I think there were some like anachronistic things that went on. Yeah. Um, so that's fine. You um, know. Yeah. They had a week to pull this off. Um, so probably. So um, we're going to get, before we leave this location, we're going to get a voiceover from Janine Garofalo. Witness Felicity Porter. I didn't write down this whole script, but it was like a woman. It was was like, it was very, um, a different cadence, very halting, a lot more pauses, a lot of, a lot of repetition, a lot of emphasis. Yeah. There's usually a narrator for the twilight zone. So that, that makes sense. The part that caught my, um, kind of caught my attention was, was something like, um, Felicity is, is unfortunate because, patrons haven't been able to look at her face and read her mind uh-huh. until now. Uh-huh. Okay, I get the, you know, people haven't been able to read her mind, she actually has to communicate, etc. But what was up with the until now? Like, at no point in the, <laughs> the show, did people get to read her mind. So I do feel like that was a, a little odd i guess we as the as the viewer get a better insight into her but um she's usually pretty forthcoming with what she's thinking 
letting nothing slide. We don't get to know her. Why do we have this line? Yeah. I don't know. I I mean, you know, I liked the part, all of the words up until the, until, until now. So, you know, two out of very many words, aren't that many words to not like. I mean, some of us didn't like the whole episode, so it's really, really (laughs) hard to uh, rebut that. Um, we head from that voiceover into very Twilight Zonified credits. Love them. Mm-hmm. Love them. Yeah. It's the first time, and uh, maybe many of you have already noticed this, it's the first time I really noticed the word city in Felicity's name. Mm-hmm. Um, love the credits. Uh, love the flying eyeball. But, I mean, that's all very normal for Twilight Zone type stuff. Okay. So you like it or you don't. And I guess you probably didn't. I mean, those are the credits, right? I mean, it would be weird to have again (laughs) uh, in the context of this episode. So they, they certainly put, they certainly put a lot of effort. I kind of wonder, I kind of wonder if they, if maybe the placement of when this episode happens, I, I a little bit wonder if, this was a production thing because so much had to be done differently for this. You know, they had a lot of episodes to do in a given year. You know, this season, there's going to be 23 episodes to do. That's a lot of shooting time, you know, and that's a a really um, hectic pace that a lot of shows were doing at that time. Now we see shows doing like 10 episodes and eight episodes and 13 episodes. And it's pretty unusual to see a show like this doing a 22, 23 episode run in, in one season. It seems to me that this episode would have taken a little more than the average time to put this together, to edit it, to direct, you know, like, to, to switch up the locations and make sure everything was, was ready and how it looked. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm guessing they probably didn't give the actors a lot more time to like work out how to do these characters, but I don't know if, like, I wonder if behind the scenes, like, like when in the shooting schedule did this come? And the fact that it's placed in the second episode coming back, was that always intentional? Was that where it was on the on the whiteboard at the beginning when they were working it out? Or is this like when they were able to get Lamont Johnson or when they were able, like, what, what were the factors that went into this? Because it just seems to me like this would have taken more time and effort. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they did have the break, I guess, to edit. But I also feel like they, they should- might not have had a break. Well, yeah, but I mean, the break in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I feel like they shoot a number of episodes in advance. It's not yeah. like they're... Like maybe these... months in advance to get started. But if, yeah. if the average episode took like, I don't know, like a week to get all of the different setups, all the shots, all the different locations done. Um, I don't know. Feels like this one might have stretched out and you know they had to get Lamont Johnson (laughs) I don't know like I don't know what else he was working on or if he was working on anything probably not that I think that wasn't the hardest get in the world at that point yeah um 
but you know maybe it was supposed to be somewhere else but i you know i still feel like also because of felicity's hair it hasn't changed that much that's true um but i guess hair doesn't grow that fast um the other thing is normally i'm hating on the headbands absolutely love the headbands and the, it's like everything about the hair with her with julie with elena with noel um then i feel like didn't shine in this look um i don't think he was comfortable in this style at all yeah he was kind of uh, just ben yeah which was fine because they gave him a little bit of a a greaser look um with the short sleeves mm-hmm. but yeah I, I don't think this was his moment to shine i think it was i also moment. feel like for all of them even the ones that were more comfortable doing the dialogue in this style i feel like they did it better when they had short shorter lines or like one sentence at a time lines yeah. whenever they had longer monologues or like real emotion that they had to slip in even even carrie russell it started to get like oh that's carrie russell not just this twilight zone version of her but when they'd have these little short blocks of lines, I feel like they were better at adhering to the style. Um, and that's what the style was. You didn't usually get longer emotional monologues. Like yeah. if you got something long, it was usually more narration. Even yeah. if it wasn't the narrator doing it, it was like a, a very unemotional monologue. If yeah. there was feeling it was usually short and uh, heightened by music mm-hmm. um, and, and highly stylized. Yeah, so, that yeah. makes sense. So there was moments that kind of took me out of it or it seems like the characters, the actors took themselves out of it. It wasn't really matching the Twilight Zone style anyway. But again, didn't take me out of it. <laughs> I just, just enjoyed it for what it was. Um, another thing I enjoyed, we then... Uh, we open on Felicity at the clinic. She's Mm -hmm. checking out the clinic. And as she is sitting, um, she has the cutest socks and shoe combo there. Like, just go back and and look at the socks. They're amazing. Okay. Um, So then we have creepy Janice. Yeah, Janice King. Who's a nurse and wants to give her a questionnaire. When did the love sickness start? (laughs) 15 months ago is when Felicity attributes it. When she got to college. Yeah, had nothing to do with, uh, you know, the whole time she was lovesick over Ben in in high school. Yeah, I mean, I guess this is when they decided to make the starting point, right? So 15 months ago, when she got to college. Movie. Um... And, and this is one of the places where her, she, she gives a lot of dialogue here. So um, she's explaining what the problem is. She's sick of caring so much. She just wants the feeling to go away. And uh, Janice is like, okay, great. Sign this. <laughs> yeah. She, it was interesting. She, she says she's putting too much importance on romance and sex And she's like, oh, maybe it was with the holidays and the weather. Um, You know, love matters with all her love matters. You know, she, she, it's horrible and 
annoying. And yeah, she she wants the feeling to go away. She does get sort of frustrated, mad, and desperate, which I didn't see as a break from the style because what they're building her up to be is um, is this gaslit woman mm-hmm. who is panicky and everyone's telling her to calm down and you know it's rooted in a feeling that she has originally that then they just blow way out of proportion right mm-hmm. by like egging her on and making her feel insane every um, time she, every time Carrie Russell yelled in this episode I kept hearing her say how did the song go when she was yelling at Megan about <laughs> <laughs> Megan taunting her about Julie's song um I just kept hearing that how did the song go um she <laughs> she has a Carrie oh, Russell yelling not, voice that she uses you were not into you were not into this no you were you were thinking about other stuff we're thinking about other things that belong to the plot um (laughs) so so after all this this questionnaire janice here's her her speech about what she wants and doesn't want in her life and janice is like okay go ahead sign this thing and felicity signs a piece of paper without reading it without knowing what the therapy is she does sign it um but i do want to point out one of the things she's really looking for is a soulmate she really would like a soulmate and i i think that this is kind of i don't know and, and again i haven't we haven't gotten to season four but i i think it's a little bit of a maybe an overall flaw in the show that they're talking about i, I feel like she does want a soulmate and and maybe you grow a soulmate i don't know but then to have a triangle when what you're really looking for is a soulmate i feel like there's there's just a uh, dissonance between that there's tension between it might that. be worth noting that in the dream sequence that we saw two episodes ago uh, in portraits when all those guys were coming up and saying like their claim to felicity yeah ben was the one who said i'm her soulmate and so did noel he well yeah and he said so am i yeah yeah and that's the thing is like you've got her looking for one person who is like destined to be hers and and, and but then there's a triangle and mm-hmm. so i mean i get it for for creating the suspense and the you know, will they, won't they for the audience? Um, but I don't know. I, I do feel that tension. They're not going to make us go four seasons without answering who they, who the show thinks the soulmate is. And um, the other weird thing that happens with this show, which you may or may not remember, Fish, but in season four, the the network was like, okay, J.J. Abrams and Matt Reeves, you're either going to get 17 or 22 episodes in the season. And they were like, right, right, right. Which is it? 17 or 22? And they were like, we'll tell you later. So they're like, well, what do we do with this? We can't 
plan for 20 for a graduation episode at 22 and then find out we got 17 and not have her graduate. So the like episode 17 is one ending of the show with like graduation and you know like it's it's what some consider the final episode and then they got five more episodes and so they were like ah okay what do we do with this and they took it in a direction that's very what we now know to be jj abrams where they like go back in time and they re-explore a path and i think they in doing so perhaps further cement the initial direction they took so i think that the show is going to uh make a decision on who they want her to like who they want her soulmate to be i think they're going to not make us wait forever um and then you know so something like this does still feel murky at this point in the series and it's going to feel murky for a little while longer um but the show does ultimately end up falling into a direction. Yeah. And um, I don't know. So I, I feel like, so what she wants is a soulmate and Janice is like, cool. You signed it. Um, now you can see the doctor and she leaves the room and Felicity goes and looks at a bunch of scary looking instruments one of which definitely looked like a bone saw. Oh. So that probably continued to, to put her on edge. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, she goes in, she sees the doctor and he starts doing a physical exam, which is kind of rattling for her. She thought she was going in to have a chat, figure out yeah. what this procedure was, figure out what um, the clinic so actually does. Yes. And, and that's, yeah, that's not what's going on. Um, he wants to see if she's qualified. I mean, mm -hmm. she keeps asking these questions, right? She's like, wait, wait, what are you doing? Uh, this is just a consultation. He's like, well, not everybody qualifies. And he just keeps silencing her. He's mm -hmm. just like, shh, don't worry about it. It's not a problem. <laughs> yeah. And usually the word she gets silenced is that, what is this treatment anyway? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah. yeah. So and somewhere she, along the way, they hand her a drink. <laughs> well, yeah. They hand her one of those little tiny paper cups that you get at the dentist's office. Yeah. Which are so upsetting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just by nature. Um, it's this, you never get those in a good context, you know? No. Um, but there are two of them on the tray. The doctor takes one. She takes the other. But they give her hers first. <laughs> yeah. And she doesn't want it. Huh. No, but she drinks it. She and sees then, the doctor drink it. She's like, all right, fair enough. Yeah, and this is another thing that I see go throughout this episode. Uh, she kind of goes back and forth between being kind of passive and obedient and then asserting herself. Mm -hmm. So it's like she didn't want to drink the water, but she did it anyway. Like, you know, she wants an answer um, about this, this, you know, procedure. Yeah. And in the end, she's just, she's just like, nope, I'm getting up. I'm getting out of here. At the point um, they're about to draw her blood. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm out. 
She's like, I don't know. Mm -mm, this does not seem like a consultation. Um, and the doctor follows her and says, don't be afraid. And she turns back to him and says, I never said I was afraid. Uh, yeah. Okay. And then I was thinking, well, then why don't you just go get the treatment? And uh, yeah, they made it a whole big point and it was sort of not tethered to anything else in the whole episode. Um, well, I did. I, I started thinking about it and, and I, I do think this runs through. It's sort of a question in her mind, you know, she wants the agency to be able to pick, mm -hmm. you know, she doesn't want this unknown people procedure that she doesn't know something about. She doesn't know what it requires. She doesn't know what it's going to do to her. Yeah. She, she kind of doesn't know what it says about her if she just kind of gives into this. Yeah. And, and I don't think she was afraid. I think she was kind of, you know, mad and, and it was a moment of her saying, yeah, I, I don't want you to take control over this part of my life. Yeah. Okay. So okay. that the agency is pushy. Yeah. They, they want in. Yeah. So they're going to start harassing her pretty much. We next see Felicity back at her dorm. She's holding a package, opens it up. It's a little glass heart from the clinic. She just was, she was just there. How'd they get this to her in the mail? What kind of mail system is this? Yeah. And then How did they get her address? Yeah. And then immediately upon opening it, she gets a phone call. Ah. And it's like, how did they know? Um, and I love how she, she picks up the phone and she's still very polite. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she's like, I really, you know, I don't want anything to do with you. Please and thank you. Go away. Yeah. Yeah. They want to schedule a second appointment. She declines. Yeah. She's not interested. And they just hang up on her. They say, um, I see. Hang up. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which she, she thinks is rude. And, and it's clear from her face. And then later she will actually say it. It is rude. Um, also was wondering, I mean, what is this glass heart? Is this, is it a candy dish? Seems like it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's like a candy dish you'd see on your grandmother's living room table. Only, yeah, it's not the only one we'll see. It, have, it would have like Werther's Originals in it. Yeah. Uh, although, I don't feel like many would fit. It's kind of small. It's very small. <laughs> it's a really like small. a glass candy dish with one Werther's Original in it. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or Andy's mints. Yeah, my my grandparents, and it was actually my grandfather, was the one who did the, the candy dishes. He had a, a real sweet tooth. Mm -hmm. uh, and for candy dishes, he always had like unwrapped things oh. in the dishes. <laughs> yeah. Like that you would pour out of a, a candy box or something. Mm. I don't know what it came in, but it was Spreading. like... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but that's oh, what we thought candy dishes were for. Yeah. Um. Oh, boy. If um, they had a wrapping, then 
it could be put, I don't know, directly on the table. But the dish <laughs> is meant for those that had no wrapping. Um, oh, okay, so one of the many <laughs> disturbing things we've heard about today. Um, well, Felicity now is, you know, she's Felicity. She's going to want to unpack all this with a friend. So she finds Elena. Yeah. And we see Elena. Elena's like a glass heart. I yeah, mean, why is there no candy in it? Uh, why is there not one where there's original in it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Elena's like, so why did you, what's up with this clinic? And why did you go? Are you desperate? What's happening here? Um, she is. She's desperate. But, but that's okay. Elena was desperate once. She had a, did, did I ever tell you a story about the free happiness test? <laughs> I yeah. took? They wanted to sell me church? stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, she also posits potentially they're vampires who want right. her blood to, you know, drink. Um, and then she, Felicity is like, here's this weird guy. Uh, he looks dead. Yeah, really Felicity can only dead. concentrate on Elena for so long because this guy is yeah. looking like behind Elena through a glass window staring at Felicity. But then he comes in and he's mm-hmm. like, Come on, I gotta talk to you. I wanna talk to you. Mm-hmm. And I like Elena and I here love, where I he looks that. yeah, he looks, yeah. you know, he's a strange man. He looks a little strange. And Felicity's like, Elena, there's a man. She's like, Well, is he cute? Like, and then she's <laughs> like, He look, he's dead looking. And she's like, Well, just say no, thank you. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. So, yeah. They give Elena uh, some of the best comedy in this episode, which is unusual for that character. Um, Elena can't uh, see him, though. No, she turns around. Nobody's there. Um, and then, you know, Felicity's got to go find him. And mm-hmm. here was a question I had. Like, when did microfiche start? Because this was one of the things where you could see microfiche. Right. Let me like, let me pull up my deep microfiche knowledge, yeah, <laughs> which um, is... Which I don't have, yeah. The 50s or 60s, maybe that wasn't a thing, but maybe it was. I don't know. Um, But it was was jarring enough that I wrote it down. But I loved this scene, Um, really everything about it. I loved the way the library was set up and, you know, how the stacks were, like, stylized in – these slanting rows with a lot of space for her to go between. I think it was beautifully shot. They had, um, they've got this, you know, man who's, who's gonna poke his head out and give her a warning. But, you know, after, after he's kind of doing that, we can come back to that. They've got this aerial shot, um, kind of above the stacks and she's in a panic and she's kind of running between them and it almost felt to me like she was doing a dance and sort of this frenetic panicked dance and so i just i loved everything about that scene yeah i suppose if you're looking at it that way it was very stylized it it was sort of like um it was very stylized i I don't know if I was into the running thing. If Carrie Russell was a dancer. So, you know, there are a couple times in this show we're going to see like little dance moments from her. And I suppose she was calling on that. But like, 
Um, you know, for a sort of urgent, tense situation, she'd take like two running steps and stop. Yeah. And then two running steps and stop. Granted, there wasn't a lot of space. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, he's not over here. He's not over here. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then they just give her that like telenovela, like glance over the camera that she's like, <gasps> and to close out the <laughs> shot. And I was like, where is it? Was that Twilight Zone? Was that the style? Well, she, they give her the shot where she runs straight at the camera and stops right before it. Yes. Um, I liked it. I okay. thought, I thought it was, I thought it was very well done. I liked, I liked how it was a dance, very choreographed. Um, I agree. That's not how real life looks if you're running around, but that wasn't the point. Um, it, it, it made me feel the way I felt watching the really slow medics wheeling Todd Mulcahy into the emergency <laughs> ward, where it was like, why are they walking so slow? It was like, why is she taking only two running steps at a time? And then deciding that that's not the direction she needs to go. It was, <laughs> it was, I don't know. Okay. I guess if you look at it as a dance, it's a different thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, this guy is like, find a way out, stay away from snow. He has some, some things that, you know, and, you know, he uh, basically tells her it's already hopeless. They're doing the procedure right now. Yeah. That was a little weird. He's like, stay away from snow. There's still time for you, but actually not. Yeah. Like, actually, I'm just kidding you're already toast yeah. uh and then he just disappeared yeah yep. Fine again. all right okay um and now if if felicity needed to unpack something with elena before gosh now yeah. uh she's they're talking it through talking about this guy and, the and elena with her, well elena has she gets she keeps this leopard print on her coat but huh. just like you know, just pieces of it. And uh, such a beautiful coat. All right, yeah. sorry, we can go back to the weird, possibly lobotomized woman. Yeah, not much to this. She's like, hey, you should go back to the clinic. Yeah. And, <laughs> I was like, come on. <laughs> she, uh, she really doesn't have much of a personality. She, she doesn't seem as threatening as some of the other mm-hmm. people that are telling her to go back to the clinic. She's just sort of there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I, I feel like she might have a Werther's in her pocket. Yeah, or and, in her mouth at the very moment. Well, I was thinking she might give it to oh, Felicity. Like okay. She's just sort of a, a no personality, but like, here's a candy kid. Like, It would be interesting to just see a debate with this woman. Like, what a- just the frustration of that. Like, <laughs> like, give me one good reason why I should go back to the clinic, lady. You should go back. <laughs> no like explain to me i want a pro and con list you should go back like <laughs> like okay um one note this lady yeah uh this is why i thought lobotomized and not what what they're actually doing which we'll get to all right um well felicity is gonna call the clinic because she's just like stop this stop it stop it stop it 
She calls yeah. them. She doesn't even say who she is. They're like, Felicity? Yeah, they know. Yeah. She's like, oh, okay. So, you know, stop harassing me. Yeah, pre-caller ID. Scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's, she, in that moment, is again taking agency and, mm-hmm. like, fighting against these people who who want to take away her decisions. Mm-hmm. Um and but it's it's already happening mm-hmm. so i mm-hmm. i don't really know i mean she's taking agency but but it's i don't know still, what that really means yeah it doesn't really have control <laughs> even in this point she's like stop harassing me and she's like and don't hang up on me again don't you hang up don't you click <laughs> don't hang up yeah. um says it's rude it's yeah. rude and they don't care they don't care. Well, so this next part is one of the more gleeful parts of the episode. So uh, Felicity is lying in bed. Did you say lethal? Gleeful. Um, gleeful. gleeful. Yeah. So Felicity is lying in bed and we hear the whispery, Felicity. That is going to sound so scary on playback. Yep. That's what I was going for. So you hear that a bunch of times and then the, the the voice says open 67 and then she finds the tape on the floor the tape is still saying her name and then megan rolls over tape tape recorder tape with, no recorder tape with no tape it. ah okay yes um megan says god are you ever going to stop making those stupid tapes <laughs> It's just, it's one of the moments in this episode where the show got a little meta and it called itself out. Yeah, they do it several times. Yeah. And I very much enjoyed it. And this was a nod I needed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yes. So maybe she'll never make another tape again now that Megan has said this. We can hope. <laughs> Look, here's the thing. I um I'm I'm aware that this is the last episode that Janine Garofalo is credited in. I, I'm not prepared to say with a hundred percent certainty that Felicity never leaves another tape for Sally. I'm hoping that this was the end of it because they called it out so abruptly here, and they probably know they're never bringing Janine Garofalo back. But if we get Felicity leaving a tape for Sally, like in I don't know, a future episode. I'm not a hundred percent ready to say that that doesn't happen. So um, but I am a hundred percent ready to say that if it does happen, Melissa's going to lose. I'm going to lose it. <laughs> I'm going to throw the whole candy dish of Werther's original across the room. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nope. So, all right. Now we switch location. We're with Julie in the library. You okay? Yeah. The clinic uh, called no. me. Well, well, I mean, first she says, are you okay? And, and Felicity is like, I'm losing my mind. Like at this point they've gotten her head. Yeah. Right. So, you know, this is, this is that moment, right. Where she's been gaslit. They're, they're just, they're in her head. Mm -hmm. And Julie is just like another nail in that coffin because she trusts julie right julie's her friend yeah and um as you said the the clinic they've called her yeah about felicity they want Mm -hmm. you to go back they do yeah 
And I mean, I, I just keep having to say this, her skirt, amazing, headband, amazing. But Julie is manipulative here. She's, she's really pulling out the stop. She's like, you know, this emotional turmoil, this stress that you're going through is what is causing you know, all of this suffering and feeling like you're losing your mind. And this is what the clinic is for. Mm-hmm. How do you think I ever got over Ben? Yeah. And forgave you? Yeah. I am a personal testimony. Like, yeah. you know, and it. Oh, it you're does. a testimony? So tell me about the procedure. Can't do it. Sign a non disclosure agreement. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, that's not. Oh, come on, Julie. Come on. Nope. Nope. But I think it's interesting that kind of multiple times throughout this episode, they call out um, people that that she has hurt. And she is questioning how, like, one, how did they get over heartbreak in general? And two, how did they get over betrayal? And she doesn't really know she's like i i am not in a place right now where i know and i thought that that was important given what was going on with nolan ben um Uh you know they're they're coming up to this you know she's getting in a pool with ben she's starting to flirt around again and and just having this in her head of Am I over heartbreak? Am I, you know, can I forgive and maybe get in relationships again or have friendships again? Um, You know, and and Julie still isn't like warm and fuzzy with her anymore, right? Mm -hmm. She's off with the loft crew. Um, But, you know, I I found it was interesting that, that this is, is what they decided to focus on. Well, um, I mean, are you saying Julie isn't warm and fuzzy with her in the episodes proper? Yeah. I mean, so we saw, they made a particular point in the first episode coming back that Elena, Julie, and Felicity were hanging out, having fun, being girls in Felicity's room twice. Yeah. Going to bleaker bobs, talking about, you know, telescopes with lenses that, you know, look like you were seeing your eyeball. <laughs> um, to me, they haven't done a lot of scenes like that with those girls all together, but they made a point to show it that that's to us twice in the last episode. So I think, and I think that's part of the answer to the, the issue that you've had, um, of like, they're keeping the universes separate of the lost people and like the Elena, Noel, Felicity, Ruby group. They've kept mm-hmm. them totally separate and they need to start bringing them back into their, the same orbit. And I think that co- those scenes were part of an effort to sort of put them in the same locations again. And then, you know, the Ben and Felicity in the pool bit and Ben being at Dean and Luke at the same time. That's another effort to start to answer the, the problems that you were bringing up that they had. They had sort of painted themselves into a corner. So I think the last episode was like, we are disrupting that. We need new momentum. And so they just threw them together any way they could. Uh, Sean's still pretty separate, though. 
Yeah. But I mean, it was a little contrived. I mean, let's admit, oh, Javier has given us the same shift now. Yeah, but, um, yeah, um, it's fine. It, it, it was right, but they they made that happen. I think the the Julie stuff. I mean, I would totally believe that those friends would hang out. Um, so I'm glad that they showed it to us, but they haven't been showing it to us. Um, and so there's it's, been no one on one. You know, it's been kind of buffered, right? Yeah. So um, they used to. I get a fe- I get a feeling that Julie and Felicity are fine. Like they were having honest conversations about David. She's confided. She was confiding in her whole quandary around him not making a move. And Julie was being really forthcoming with, with all that. And um, I think, I think the David stuff broke the ice with Julie. Yeah. I, I don't know. We just haven't seen a lot. That's the thing is because I haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. I am not fully convinced. Um, Mm -hmm. But since you, I'm sure have seen it in future episodes then like we're then, not going to see more of a reckoning with them about the past in that way no no I don't think there needs to be a reckoning there just needs to be like more scenes of friendship yeah yeah um because we just haven't seen that much yeah. but this is the question that's on the table for her you know mm-hmm. how how do you cure heartache and and whether it's with friends or maybe family or romantic yeah um and and she she's trust you know she trusts julie but julie can't give her any more information that's all julie can say yeah uh so explain this part to me explain this part to me fish so you just almost call me julie well maybe um so (laughs) felicity what is Felicity doing? She's getting an orientation at what? A new job to clean out yes. a lab slash mortuary? What yes. is this place? She said she has to start her new job. It is the um, the biomedical room okay. that is also a morgue. Right. Yes. And it had, what would you call these things? I called it in my notes. The guy tells her, you, at the end of the day, you got to wipe down this. And I'm calling it a body locker. What was it really? Yeah, I mean, that that sounds about right. I mean, usually they're like in a wall when we okay. see them, right? Yeah. But I guess they wanted to have that cool effect with it like popping up. Freestanding. Freestanding yeah. body locker. So it's, uh, you know, the end of her shift, probably. Felicity is mopping alone. And yeah. she sees locker number 67, which, oh, yeah, on that tapeless tape recorder she heard the voice whispering (laughs) open 67 well here it is number 67 she's like a she's like a reflection of a person in the in the locker and then there's nobody there it's creepy and it's like you know is she gonna open 67 of course she's gonna open 67 because it's still felicity and she's still impulsive yeah. Right. And then of course there's going to be a dead body because it's a morgue yeah. slash lab. Um, and then and of course the dead body is going to talk to her because it's the twilight zone. Even though the, it's not actually talking, we don't see any lips moving, but we hear the whispery voice again. Unzip me. Unzip me. Um, if she wants to know what the clinic does. Yeah. You know? And she has been asking, right? 
Yeah. And it's super creepy. And I wrote down, love it. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So what does, what does the clinic do? What's this procedure? Well, there's a pretty big, like semi, what is that? Crescent shaped scar mm-hmm. over the heart. Apparently they rip your heart out of your chest. Yep. That's it. What the actual. That's what they do. That's yeah. the solution. Just rip it out. And, um, yeah. So this fires Felicity up. Oh yeah. She's, she's not having this. She reports directly to the clinic. And in my notes, I put what was in the water. And then I wrote pointing angry. She's pointing <laughs> so much. in this, well, fully this straight is where, yes, she, she is now fully the paranoid, insane woman that they have tried to make her right she's not really but but this is them they've they have whipped her up into this trope right and and she she is walking in there with purpose and she is fighting back but and this i mean the doctor tells her to relax at which point she should have slapped him um and she sounds paranoid and he points out how paranoid she sounds yeah he's gaslighting her up and down and left and right and in all directions yes and oh you think we rip out the heart well what do we replace it with yeah well he's he's gaslighting her and also gassing her just Mm -hmm. one second relax right yeah but but yeah, he you're says, saying you're uh, imagining things. Your story is impossible. Yeah, and she says, "Well, we've replaced. You must replace the heart with something. Uh, what she say? Like robotic, something unfeeling." Mm. And then she says, "How do I know it's real?" Because um, she's holding up the the candy dish, um, uh-huh. Sans Worthers, and. Uh-huh. And he, you know, the doctor says, how do you even know that that, you know, candy dish doesn't have a workers in it? How do you know what's real? Uh And she's like, because I can feel it and I can feel the pain in my arm. Uh Well, and meanwhile, like the guy's like, oh, it's safe. It's fine. This is all in your head. Meanwhile, Janice is ominously coming up behind her with like world's longest syringe. Yeah. So. And he says something the dads around the world say, it's all just for the best, uh, right? It's, it's all, it's all for you. It's all good. Don't worry cooperate. about it. Yep. We'll take care of it. Not a problem. And nope, she is running from this. She's going to shatter the glass heart and she's going to run. Yes. She's like, what do I do? Distraction. Create yeah. distraction. Throw yeah. worthless heart. This time she runs more than two running steps, which is really good on her. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we assume that she just keeps running until she's in Noel's arms on his couch and she's crying. And I think it is telling that she goes to Noel first. Mm-hmm. And also it looks like a super comfy chair slash sofa. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ben wasn't really able to handle the style. <laughs> that's true. That's true. 
But so, Noel was. Yes, they, he did the scene well. They, um, the there was very sad string music in the background for this one. I noticed yes. it was like violins and cellos and it was just so sad sack and she's like am I losing my mind I think I am losing my mind no but he's Um, such he's like I don't know I don't know what to tell you like I'm gonna keep saying it he is so sexy here he is completely gaslighting her I get that but he's got the big broad shoulders and she's crying into him and he's supporting her she's like I want to lose this emptiness in my heart and you know he has this whole speech where he's like you're not insane mm-hmm. you know some people it's alcohol some people it's gambling some people it's drugs love is your addiction it's your weakness yeah and and then he says my burden is believing you believing yeah. in you it's like oh okay he's supportive but but burdened Yes. So Felicity's like, you know what? I want to go report this clinic to the police. And I was like, I'm going to come with you. Let me just go get changed real quick. Mm-hmm. And then Which Felicity notices. that was great. There's a glass heart on his end table. With, again, no, no original. Yeah. And uh, so now she's, she is skeptical and she sees noel partially in the bathroom mirror and so she creeps up and she looks to see him in full view and he's got the scar yep and at this Um, point he flips from whatever version of noel you thought you were just seeing to menacing threatening and this is so i think that they they very cleverly hold little bits of of people's character into them right Mm -hmm. to to keep them kind of in the show and Mm -hmm. i think that scott foley went full scott foley on this Mm -hmm. like i'm seeing you know the startings of jake from scandal with this scott foley he is you know he's intense he does not have a shirt on he comes towards her he says you know this is you know julie's the one who turned me on to this you know i i needed i needed this too it's it's the only way we'll survive and then what the hell are we all looking for anyway with this love business seriously and and Felicity does this fantastic, you know, fall back into an Eames classic chair, which is such a great chair. Everyone go out and buy one. Nope, just kidding. They're ridiculously expensive. I don't have one, but I like to look at them. And so she falls back on this Eames classic and, and he, you know, puts his arms on either side holding, you know, the, the chair shirtless and is just you know being sexy he's being yeah, sexy. i didn't find this sexy i found this fully menacing yeah i look powerful shirtless knoll to me is sexy it just is 
I feel like this is the Noel, though, that in a normal episode of Felicity, you'd be like, he's being gross. No. Nope. I mean, in real world, like, he wouldn't do this, right? Which is why I feel like he's Jake. Like, I don't feel like they have pulled threads of Noel into this. I feel like this is Scott Foley being super intense because that's who he is as an actor. Yeah. And they let him just free reign it on this. Yeah. Um, I, I bought this as a moment that Felicity was supposed to be scared of Noel. Well, I didn't because she stands up to him mm-hmm. and she says, you know what? I want to feel pain. I would rather feel that than nothing. She says, I'll take all of love's pain if it means I can feel some of love's happiness. Yes. And this is where I'd like to have my note from an optimist. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I know, right? Um, So yeah, she's saying, you know, the, the pain is temporary. And it's better than nothing. It's better than being heartless and, you know, Werther's originalness. Um, you know, pain, it, it's temporary. And she wants to feel love and happiness. And that is going to happen. And throughout this entire episode, she never gives up fighting for love. So even when she's questioning, you know, how others are getting over heartbreak and getting over betrayal. She is always fighting. You know, she may have thought about having a consultation, um, but no, she, she wants life's experiences, um, even when, it's, when it scares her. Um, you know, and, and we'll get to this part, but I kind of have to reference it. I think of the box, her being in the box as that nothingness. And she's safe there. You know, they, they don't need food. They don't need water. They don't grow old. And she is the only one who is strong enough and has enough faith and courage um and is willing to accept help from people to get out of the box and even when she does and lands face down as a little cloth doll and gets put back in i don't think she's ever gonna stop trying and neither should we wow Oh, wow. Um, I mean, look at this growth fish. It's growth. I look, it's when I take something on, I take something on. You do. That's for sure. <laughs> well, that was a, that was a note from your optimist for today. Um, and I'm just going to say all of that, but with caution, <laughs> <laughs> like please don't do elaborate. those things, but carefully. please please elaborate yeah um i I always elaborate like like 
yeah, give it, give it a try, work hard at it. But of course, if you've got people gaslighting you, maybe I'll try with them. Ah. I would say, uh, so, you know, do, do that advice, but be, be diligent, be thoughtful, be careful, be careful who you give you your heart to, and then work at it. Very hmm. good. Very good. Okay. Yeah. So all of this to be said, so th this whole conversation happens with Noel and was it him that he says like, Noel. take a deep breath. And it turns out Felicity is actually in surgery and the deep breath yeah. was for the anesthesia. And apparently the doctor has already removed her heart. Dr. Um, Malcolm Snow. There you go. Dr. Snow. Yeah. Um, and um, this whole thing is she in seems, She seems scared, which I don't understand because everyone else who had their heart removed didn't seem scared. Um, and all you hear in the back is this ominous sedate her again. Yep. And then, um, look, I don't know what happens now. So I don't, do, do Twilight Zone episodes do this where like you have one story and then they stop the story partway through to do a new story? Um, I mean, I haven't seen them all, but what they will do is it'll usually be kind of, not usually but some of the best ones that i have really liked are you have this whole story that is told from one perspective and then at the end there's sort of a separate revelation mm -hmm. and all of a sudden everything has changed this isn't really that um so, you this know, felt I like, think this, this was shoehorned in, I think, to talk it about. It does well. feel like that, right? Because this was what yeah. there might have been somewhere between five and 10 minutes left of the episode. So maybe like six, seven minutes of this, where Felicity now wakes up in a doorless, windowless room with a fantastic artistic shadow. Mm -hmm. It just goes down the side. A lot, of, a lot of shadow happening here. Um, yes. And so she wakes up, thinks she's alone, trying to figure out where she is. We don't know where she is. Then we see Noel emerge out of the darkness of another corner. He is so freaking hot. Oh, boy. Just everything about him. Okay. So hot. All Noel lovers, please just pile on here because, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Like I'm ignoring all of his problematic behavior because I well, don't. And even so really is the show remember. as of this point because yeah. Felicity's <laughs> like, well, what about the clinic? He's like the clinic. She's like, what about the scar? Show me your show me your chest. He's got no scar. So basically, they no, had to. But you know what he has? He's he's got an unbuttoned shirt with an incredibly sexy man. Like, oh my god. That's true, but this is the moment where I was like, what's happening? Because the how are you thinking about that? How because is, how, because I mean, they basically my brain went to mush at this point in a moment of sub no this frustrated me because in a moment of <laughs> subtext it was like well wait a minute like that thing that we just spent like 30 minutes doing 30 maybe almost 35 minutes talking about and uh, like just like <laughs> there were so many like tropey <laughs> 
Like so many no-nos happen here. Stuff that frustrates people in shows like you don't want this to be the ending reveal of your show. Well, like basically they gaslit us. So like the clinic didn't happen. <laughs> the scar didn't happen. None of that happened. We're fine. We're just in a room. And then Felicity goes even further. She starts maniacally laughing. She's lost it now. She's like, so it was a dream. And I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> and <laughs> So like, not only are they like, this never happened, but Felicity's like, it was all a dream. And so then Noel's like, well, no, but this does suck. Like, how did you get here? What yeah, door did you come I, through? What, what I, trash shoot did you sleep in from? <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what, I, I don't know. Like what slingshot launched you in here? Like he, he just, he's running through all these things. What hallway did you run down? How did you get in this space? Yeah, I mean, for what you said about the dream, I look, if we've already suspended disbelief enough to the point where we can have a black and white episode um, and that is so highly stylized and and again, you don't you like you don't watch Twilight Zone, right? So it's it's but this weird. was like two different episodes. This was like, one almost complete episode and they said everything they wanted to and they're like dang it you need five more minutes oh, oh. let's do this and this should have been and could have been its whole other own episode not that i wanted to see it but like <laughs> the this <laughs> plot felt like something they could have worked through as a totally different story and they rejected everything they had just set up but yeah wholesale but they weren't, I don't know, with, with shows like Twilight Zone, where they're all bottle episodes, every single one of them, um, you know, weird things do happen, and there are cuts, and there are, you know, it's, it's there to weird you out. It's not there to make sense or like have the appropriate construction. It clearly, it did elicit a lot of emotion from you. Well, the emotion um, it elicited wasn't to weird <laughs> me out. It was to think that it was a badly written episode. Yeah. I like when I, when I see bad writing, I think it's bad writing, not like, I oh, mean, this is the emotion wrote, you wanted in me. No, look, whoever wrote like, well, where's the scar? Like, take off your shirt, I think, is a genius. Yeah, because you wanted to see Noel nude from the top, you know, for the top up. But, like, I... I mean, I, I wouldn't have minded. But more. for me, yeah. <laughs> what disrupted me and took me out of being able to appreciate anything aesthetic was we were just I literally gaslit us as an audience and they were like everything like we just was... told you throw that away we're doing something else for six minutes or seven minutes yeah. or however long it was which was fine with me yeah i i could have done without that but the thing is like they did the some of the best like most integrated nods to the show happen in this part yeah so like i don't i don't like the construction of this episode in any way shape or form whatever but i maybe would have rather seen this be the whole episode um because of what they were able to do with it 
so there are a couple nods that they have here. So we know that Felicity and Noel are in this space. And then we see Ben and Julie. Ben comes out from the shadows first, then Julie. And they, you mentioned they that say, they've been in the room for months. Yes. And then Elena comes out. I assume Elaine has also been in the room for months, although she wasn't like, it's not 100% confirmed from the order of when everything came out. She does something weird, though. She just like kneels on the floor, which was yeah. not explained. She does a lot of interesting stuff here. So and then and then they start sort of hypothesizing like, well, OK, well, we haven't had food mm-hmm. for all those months that we've been here in here. Explain that. Ben says, don't use normal logic. Noel says, I will say they did bring it together with the outfits because they're all still wearing the same things. Okay. And then they have the headbands and the like timing and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So Ben's saying, don't use the normal logic. Noel's saying, we're stuck. Felicity's like, are we all dead? Yeah. They all start throwing out weird explanation because because she's like is this hell julie's like how could this be hell then in nowhere here how hot are they um exactly so uh like they're and they're they just all start throwing these things out but uh one that they seem to really roll with is this idea like are we real people and this is this part i thought was a, a funny nod just the way the um megan calling out the tape thing uh it was in a very similar way what they're doing here, where they're basically acknowledging all of the plot holes and the missing characters and just making them a joke. So it's like, <laughs> are we, how could we possibly be real people? Julie's like, I don't even know what my adoptive parents look like. Yeah. And Noel's like, how could I possibly have been in school this long and have basically no friends? And like, they're using that as like evidence that they couldn't possibly be real people. Yeah. And then there's this weird, like, well, maybe what we thought was the real stuff was the dream. So maybe, maybe this isn't the weird episode. Maybe the other 80 some odd episodes of Felicity are the weird episodes. Yeah. And, and Felicity is asking like, what is real? And I gave, like a little mini award to Noel's shout out of like having no friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty funny to me. Yeah. Um, but here's where, you know, this is one of the, the, the real points in this episode where I do see continuity. If you look at this purely from a, what do we know about Felicity? and her character and when i say character i don't mean the character of felicity in the show i mean her internal like desires and motivation and integrity and you know her character Mm -hmm. she has gone through this whole traumatic dream right Mm -hmm. maybe um and then she's stuck in basically the nothingness right that would have come from taking her heart out and what is she doing she is still trying she is still trying to get out of this nothingness and you know she's she just won't give up everyone else is giving up noel is being a total dick which i thought was so funny 
Julie is like, I wish I had my guitar. And I was like, thank God you don't have your guitar. And then Ben is just like doing the one thing that he can do, which is have the best comedic like and timing and physicality, mm-hmm. getting really frustrated and just like running into the wall. And uh, and Noel's like, yeah, you're dumb. So, and that part, um, okay, so we we do like, I guess, sort of skip a little bit of time and we, we come back and we see what everybody's doing in this space. Felicity is looking for the exit. Julie's doing yoga. Elena is running in, not quite in place, but in like a s- small circle. Very small circle. Because uh, there's not a lot of space to go in this in this room. Nope. Ben runs fully into a wall. And this yep. actually is... <laughs> I don't they I don't think they knew it at this time. This is a nod to the future. The concept of Ben running into walls is a thing. <laughs> like physically running into them or metaphorically? Metaphorically running into them. At, um yes. Because it was so funny when he did it. I was like, oh, they figured out he could do it really funny. Now he's just gonna run into walls for like the next two and a half seasons. Yeah. Um, I, I'm thinking mm-hmm. like what came first, chicken or the egg? Well, this thing probably did, but the the idea that he metaphorically runs into walls is something they're going to call by name later. Well, and Noel is just like, I'm smart enough not to run into a wall. Right. And I think that that also kind of matches up with what they would, what they'll do in real time. Um, And so that's kind of what they're doing felicity says okay how about we try to climb over the wall let's let's everybody like stand atop each other's shoulders and i'll see if i can see what's on the other side and it looked like they actually did this i'm assuming that this was sideways i don't know when she was climbing up and over people i mean it could have been sideways for the close-up shots like when she was actually like sticking her butt out at the camera like trying to get up it looked like they were actually doing it did it look to me i i don't see why they would have taken on that risk yeah i would assume that they they were lying lying down and that they did that they got whatever close-ups they were going to get and then however they did when they all jumped like when they all fell off was probably a different thing but they only showed the like they showed Julie falling off at the top and Elena. So everyone else just kind of hit the ground. Yeah. So they probably, you know, it's probably not. But I thought illusion. they did it well because I thought it looked like she was really climbing up them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Felicity gets to the all stretch. Felicity gets to the top. She screams and falls out. Yeah. But she like very specifically, Julie says, I'm too scared to do this and Mm -hmm. felicity is not Mm -hmm. she just keeps going Mm -hmm. and she does yeah she she screams falls out and everyone falls down and they're like hello like what happened felicity yeah and felicity is now a doll on the floor uh i guess she's on the bed or maybe on the bed. I don't know. She's she's outside the box. She's fallen out. She's a doll. Megan she's sees her. down. Mm-hmm. 
Megan sees her. She's like, how did you get out of this box? Get back in there. (laughs) She puts the doll back in the box. It was in Megan's box the whole time or just this six minutes. Um, (laughs) And then we get the voiceover. We get the voiceover from the narrator slash dead Sally slash Janine Garofalo. (laughs) And, uh, and do you think this, this would be a good time to do the, what we're going to call what What Sally Sally, said, what Sally meant, although it is in fact, Janine Garofalo as a voiceover. Well, we're going to assume it's actually Sally. We're look. If you can suspend disbelief for everything that you suspended <laughs> disbelief for, just go with it. Okay. Yeah. This yeah. is the Sally that you know from from earlier. What Sally said, what Sally meant. Segments we know that Sally has actually been dead for a while. Um, yeah. And this is what she does in her afterlife. She narrates um, strange, you know. Outer Limits slash Twilight Zone episodes. I guess so. So yeah, we I think we gig. should. I think we should jump in. Okay, I don't have a theme song for this. I apologize. Okay, that's all right. This is weird and wild today, folks. All right, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to be okay with us swapping roles because it's all <laughs> tilted. Yep, everything. So, Sally says, Felicity Porter stuck inside a box you know the box of thinking she always has to leave tapes for me the shackles of reporting to me about every little thing but not just a box which happens to be the sole magical possession of her roommate but let's face it the paranoia and curiosity of that are all in her head too but another kind of box. The oppression of a pen pal. The torture of wanting to keep a voice recorder and cassette tape relevant. A strange gray area where what you want. Which is, of course, to hear from me again, even though I'm dead. What you need. Which is to move on, Felicity. Move on to your peers, your real friends. The people who talk back with you. And what you'll be. A person who won't be able to buy cassette tapes anymore. Because they won't make them soon. Are forever in question. Felicity Porter. In a place called college. Go be in college, Felicity. Stop sending me tapes. Stop it. And that, my friends, these <laughs> <laughs> uh, slow claps. What are you gonna do? Um, Beautiful. Yeah, um, I think that's us closing out the "What Sally Said, What Sally Meant" segment, guys. Uh, this is it. Yep. <laughs> and if we ever hear Felicity leave another tape for Sally, I am gonna riot. Okay. Yeah, she's gonna she's gonna be a one woman riot. That's it. <laughs> I'm going to get a picket line going, a line of one. Yep. It's not so much a line as a point. Yep. <laughs> it'll be a strong point. That's the thing. Yep. That's what I mean. Well, Fish, I'm pleased to report. We got, uh, 
We got a comment. Well, uh, we got an email. Our, that our I'd favorite love to segment share is today. coming up. Yeah. It's after you listen to this tape, you have to erase it. And I, so uh, we got a, a nice long email from our friend, Akela at dot insta.mickey. And she gave us a whole bunch of different thoughts about this one. Some of which we've touched upon a little bit. Some of them I think are really interesting extra context. So I'm going to read through it. There was one part that I was like, oh, it's a little, uh, there, there might be a part or two that I kind of leave out a little bit. Um, just to make sure we don't spoilers. spoil things. Also, there's like a movie that could potentially get spoiled. So, um, but I'm going to go through most of it. So um, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff here. Does she talk about how hot Noel is? No. Darn. Um, right. So Kayla writes, hey, that classic Felicity style greeting. How to mend a broken heart. Twilight Zone style was kind of a non-solicited detour, right? But let's go. Like some other episodes, like with the magic stuff from season one. Which um, I hated. Yeah. <laughs> I think J.J. Abrams was really a little bored with his plain, simple TV drama by this point. Then maybe he decided to shake things up and make this tribute episode since I read somewhere he is a Twilight Zone fan. Back in the day for me, this episode felt like a filler or what kept me from checking out what was coming up for Ben and Felicity. At the time, I wasn't so sure about this tribute to the Twilight Zone. I only knew the opening song and that each episode had a horror sci-fi story. And since I don't like horror movies, I've never seen an episode. I liked that everybody has a retro look. And I just love the 50s, 60s clothing, spot on. I really like the black and white and the opening in Twilight Zone style was great. The eyeliners, the hair and makeup were great. Seeing a different side of the beloved characters, since there was not too much I could do, I focused on that. Yep, Megan. I agree. Totally yeah. agree with everything written so far. Yeah. Um, Megan with her 60s vibe was great. The episode best quote was definitely from her. Are you ever going to stop making those stupid tapes? <laughs> yeah. Um, writing this, I realized that later on in the show, we see Megan in similar outfits and that makes me so happy. Um, I'm going to skip to the weirdest part for sure was the part that Felicity went to work in that lab with the cadavers. I mean, yeah. talk about unnecessary plot. <laughs> I know it was just a dream, but that made no sense at all that she would do that. She's Carrie. I mean, she looked gorgeous. Noel was the same as regular Noel. Elena was the same needed voice of reason. She's always saying what we were thinking. Scott Speedman was a little uncomfortable, maybe, because let's face it, it's a little weird for all of us, that way of speaking. Julie was beautiful. I really liked that they joked about the mystery of Megan's box. It was always fun to see Felicity and Megan scenes. Since the Twilight Zone episodes had a lesson to be learned at the end of the episodes, I think Felicity had a really deep one when she said to know that basically it's best to have loved and get hurt than to never have loved or something like that. Um, I'm going to shorten this part a little bit. Was it just me or does this resemble a little bit that Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet movie Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? I'm going to stop the comment there. But if you like the idea of this episode and you haven't seen that film, go see it. Because I agree that the, the concept 
is it's coming from a similar root. Yeah, it, it, it is not in any way, shape or form stylistically similar mm-hmm. <laughs> to mm-hmm. this, but the central question of, is it better to have loved and lost or never have loved at all is the central question of that movie as well. Yeah. And stylistically, that movie is really cool in very different ways. Um, I think they did some amazing effects. And uh, particularly the stuff with Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet, because there are some other characters in the movie as well. But that stuff, um, it's a great film. I'm a cinephile, so I'm a little biased on this. But there's a lot of meat on its bones and it's fun to talk about. Um, But yeah, so thank you. First of all, huge huge yes. thank you to mickey um and we have been loving all of your comments um that has been really appreciated on instagram um and i do think that there's like one of the first things mickey pointed out was this context of like maybe jj abrams was like already <laughs> kind of done with not having a genre to put this into um we know what we know now the kind of body of work jj abrams has gone on to make he instantly went on to alias which was like felicity plus spy right but the spy element was deep and strong and something he was really able to sink his teeth into he's had a lot of conspiracy theory-esque and got a little weird too and a lot of like you know, they had a whole character who was just making gadgets for yes. for the spies to use. Yeah. Um, okay. And so there was okay. certainly a science element that he mm-hmm. incorporated, even in that show. And then he went to Lost. And then he, mm-hmm. you know, like, and then he's done so many other projects and TV shows. And then he started getting into Star Wars, which is probably a dream come true for him because he gave a lot of nods to Star Wars in some of his earlier works um the force yeah so the the stuff that he's doing now or the stuff we've come to know if you knew jj abrams from any of the work he's done in since like 2005 you'd be like oh he did felicity um which is probably you know like i think there might be something too what Mickey says here that maybe he was getting a little bored. He was looking for ways to sort of like fire up that spark. Um, and, and he was able to do a tribute episode and he wrote this episode. Yeah. And I mean, that's the point of a tribute episode, right? It's a tribute. It's something he loves. Mm -hmm. And I mean, sure. It could have been that he was bored, but also had the opportunity, you know, to work with a, you know, famous writer and mm-hmm. from the Twilight Zone. And, you know, it's, um, I don't know, like, I see this as very different from the magic stuff, because the magic stuff was supposed to be in that reality. Mm-hmm. Here, it's a tribute episode, like I can suspend all disbelief, and just enjoy it for what it is. Mm-hmm. And And I also think it just speaks to kind of how genius J.J. Abrams is because he did Felicity. Like it's sort of, and and this is not going to be exactly the right comparison, but it's sort of like how I view abstract art sometimes. It's like, okay, like, yes, you can 
throw paint at a wall and whatever. Um, like a four-year-old can do that. But can you also paint really well? Um, can you like do a Rembrandt type painting? And I feel like what we see here is he can do the Rembrandt and he can do the Picasso, who a lot of people love, you know, and it's their favorite style. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very rare to find someone who is able to switch genres and and do them all really well. Yeah. It does feel a little bit to me like J.J. Abrams. I don't know what the version of a portfolio is for a showrunner, but it feels like he knew he was going to try to pitch something later and he needed to show them that he could do something like he didn't want to be pigeonholed into you know, doing only things like relationship dramas and teen dramas like Felicity, he wanted to be able to show that he could do stuff outside of that. And this was a way to show that ability within the context of a show that he was already hired to do. Um, so in I a way, it feels like it like... was a tribute. I just feel like it was a tribute episode. Like yeah, he, he I mean, like it was maybe a met the guy and yeah. had was like, "Hey, would you do this?" And he was like, "Sure." And then it just happened. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, it was a tribute episode, but at some point, somebody had to hire him and be like, "Yeah, you can handle Lost. You can handle Star Wars." And I think it's like if he had only shown them most of the episodes of Felicity, they would have been like, "Man, eh. like we're we're going to see those last five episodes of this series go." into a very sci-fi direction um and i and i feel like that was his wheelhouse at that point that he really wanted to be in and it's like well how do i start putting putting the message out that i'm looking for this type of stuff um i don't know i think so mickey just kind of going back through some of her comments um the for her the episode felt like a filler because she was getting really invested in what was probably was already invested in Ben and Felicity's story at that point. And um, for me, it also did feel like a filler, but I wonder about uh, what she says after this about, so I wonder how much of a crossover there was in the Felicity watchers audience of people who were really familiar with Twilight Zone. Probably um, not much. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. Um, Mickey is somebody who didn't have really any knowledge of it. I have about as much knowledge as, as Mickey had. I feel like I've seen maybe a couple episodes that people mentioned. Um, but I really wouldn't say that I, un that I know the style very well. Um, but I, I do wonder if there's much of a crossover there. Um, I mean, you're talking about a show from kind of a while ago yeah. and then a teen drama that was probably watched by teens at the time. Yeah. I, again, true. I feel like there's not much, <laughs> there probably was not much of a crossover. Yeah. And um, I hadn't seen, I hadn't seen Twilight Zone or much of Twilight Zone when I first watched it. Mm -hmm. I've seen it since. Yeah. But not at the time. So maybe there was nowhere to find reruns. Hmm. Um, okay, fair enough. 
Um, Mickey made a lot of comments about the look, stuff that, um, you know, obviously you picked up on a lot more than, than I did for sure, with the clothing and, and the makeup and all that. Um, I agree. I love that style. It's, it's just, I don't know. I think it makes everyone look good. Yeah. Mickey, I agree with you on the, like, it is a little weird that there was this lab slash morgue and Felicity yes. just suddenly had a job in it when she was also working at Dean and DeLuca. Um, yeah. I mean, they had to, they had to have her figure out what was going on somehow. I feel like, okay, amateur writer here. Um, <laughs> why not have her in an art studio with uh, like a mannequin model that is, actually speaking to her but that's not a person who went through that procedure or maybe it's a model who's actually dead because she had that whole conversation with eli about how she thought the model was dead i don't know i'm trying to make the model has gone through the procedure why not it was look how is that any more far-fetched then what they gave us is what I want. Because what they gave us is a morgue scene. I mean, the yes. fact that it happens to be the bio lab is a nod to the fact that she's dreaming or like there are elements of her life coming into it. But um, in essence, it's a scene in the morgue from a guy who has been trying to warn her and has been dead the whole time. And here is his body. I mean, I, I do think that holds together. Yeah, just why why is she working The scenery there? is yeah. weird, and the fact that it's a job is weird. Like, she could have just, you know, it says open 67, and, you know, she could have gotten, like, one more clue as to where to go, and it was, like, the morgue, right? Mm-hmm. And then she finds 67. Like, she didn't need to be a job. But generally speaking, I, I think that holds, that holds up. Yeah. The, the one thing that I find very interesting that Mickey mentions is that Noel is just Noel. Yeah, she did. She said Noel was the same as regular Noel. I don't feel like that was regular Noel at all. I felt that was supercharged hot Scott Foley. And you felt like it was mega aggressive, uncool Scott Foley. Or Noel. Yeah, it's funny. Scott Foley, Noel in this episode is like, we're all projecting onto him what we need him to be. <laughs> He is just a mirage and we're putting our own interpretation on him. Uh, I guess three, three opinions on Noel, three totally different takes on him here in this episode. Um, I would agree though, that to me, it did seem like Scott's beam is the most uncomfortable in the style. Although he did have the best physicality. He did, but I feel like his, his cadence was, I feel like he was just Ben. Um, I, I don't know. And I think that's clear because they really, they don't have him talk that much. They don't have him in very much of this. (laughs) (laughs) And not a lot of it is like significant long dialogue. It's, it's, um, you know, I think the longest stuff we get from him is his like, don't analyze this can't, can't problem solve your way out of this, man. This is not a midterm or a puzzle. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was cool. And I this this just makes me want to go out and watch Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and then immediately go watch two twelve um, of Felicity. 
because that's <laughs> what I really want to know. Um, but no, yeah, please. huge thank you to Mickey yes. for jumping in there and sharing all that feedback. Uh, Fish, do you want to, <laughs> should we rate this episode? I think we should. And I think you should go first. Okay. Um, and you can totally do to me what I did to you when I was just like, it's boring Four, but I have a feeling you're, you're going to want to say more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my unit of measurement is Elena's running in place. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah. Although she wasn't running in place. She was running in small circles. She eventually ran in place. That's true. She started yeah. by running in a very small circle and then she ran in place. Yeah. Um, now this rating is going to be bizarre given that unit of measurement but nonetheless <laughs> everything wow. we've just done was bizarre and that's fine 0.5 out of 10 elena's yeah. running in place yeah <laughs> now here's the thing from an existential crisis standpoint i'm here to rate the show felicity and this was not an episode of felicity so it should be a zero but i'm bumping it up 0.25 for so I'm, I'm bumping it up 0.25 for the fact that there were some good comedic moments and things that will eventually link up later when we get back to the show and 0.25 for the fact that this is not a musical episode <laughs> i can't believe you're only giving it 0.25 for it not being a musical episode this doesn't deserve more than that i was thinking should i give this one and then i was like i don't like it as much as a one <laughs> And so it's a 0.25 for each of those things. Uh-huh. 0.5 out of 10, Elena's running in place. And thank goodness, JJ Abrams, you didn't do a musical episode because I would have been done with you. Um, yeah, you would have had to go into negative numbers. Yes, I actually would have. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you just tuning in, I don't like musicals. Yeah. That, or, or bottle episodes. Or bottle episodes. <laughs> Uh, I mean, the idea is bottle episodes can work. Like, I think bottle episodes, it just means that the episode itself is meant to stand alone. And I do think that that tends to work better for me if whoever wrote the the bottle episode is able to put it in the context of the story they just came out of, which doesn't always happen. Sometimes people who write a bottle episode, it's like a spec script and they just came and they just did that. But sometimes people are able to not move the story forward, but put it in, in the play, in the context of a story we had been building. A tribute episode though, I have never seen a tribute episode of a show that I liked because usually they do this. Usually they not only discard where you, like they discard everything. They put you in a different period of time. They give the characters different attributes. Sometimes they even swap who the good guy and who the bad guy is. Um, It's a different thing. And so tribute episodes are a type of bottle episode for me. And I have yet to see it work. Even if I liked the thing that they were giving a tribute to, um, it's like if I wanted to see that, I'd watch it. Yeah. I, so it's it's just this weird, it's this weird thing. But 0.5 out of 10, Elena's running in place. What part of the point? What part of her? What half? I don't know. <laughs> I just assumed the bottom half. Um, I guess because she's running and uh-huh. you wouldn't be able to see the running if you only had the top half. Yeah. 
Okay. So basically, Elena's legs. Yeah. Is what you're giving this episode. Sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Melissa's just very clearly unhappy that she was to discuss this. Thank God this is over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, this is not to take away from your rating, Fish, because I have a feeling we're going to be, this is probably going to be the biggest spread we've ever had. I think so. I mean, you've never given, I've, I've never given anything a 0.5, like any episode of 0.5. So, um, I mean, you went full cynic and I applaud that. Yeah. Um, so again, I, I didn't mind any of that stuff that you just said. I didn't (laughs) mind any of it. And I just really, I don't know, I enjoyed it for what it was. And I liked the style and everything about it. And Noel was so sexy, which I've been missing. And maybe this is when I started being obsessed with Noel. I don't know. Uh, I certainly am obsessed with Jake. So, you know, who knows where that came from. Um, So, yeah, I, I... really like just about everything about it so i'm giving it a 9.5 my god (laughs) uh yeah i don't think we'll ever beat this in terms of a spread because no not unless i give something a zero and you give it a 10 well because i know i'm never going to come down as low as this not even close um and you know again like that's because we say like watching an episode of Felicity is better than not watching an episode of Felicity. But for me, this is not watching an episode of Felicity. So it's, that's where this gets such a low rating um, for me. And that's why no matter what I think about future episodes, nothing would, nothing would match this because they're all episodes of Felicity for me, whether I like them or not. And if we remember way back to the beginning, for those of you who have been with us for a while, um, I was very clear that a big part of the poll in the show for me was the pretty people. Mm-hmm. So this had the pretty people in it. Um, and I liked the rest of it. And I thought there were funny moments. I liked the nod to the Twilight Zone. I liked the, you know, ending where it, it's a very Twilight Zone ending, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with some big reveal where you get a completely different perspective. Um, mm-hmm. And did I mention Noel was hot? You did. I'm so surprised <laughs> by this because the things that you... The things that I like in real life are not the same things that I like in fantasy. And this was fantasy. Yeah, I guess so. But he's behaving as... That scene that he had with felicity where he turns and i thought he was menacing i considered him more menacing than i've ever considered ben absolutely and it's hot yeah i don't know how those things occupy like yeah like yeah okay so melissa has a thing where like she won't watch you or dexter or any of those shows where the main character can hold um, both a like a menacing, a threatening 
kind of a, a really, re- not just like a bad personality type, but like be a serial killer. Yeah. And, and be a also be attractive. Throb. Yeah. Um, um, and I know that heartthrob is the right word for um, it. I but... would. So I, not to spoil, I haven't seen you and I'm not trying to spoil you for anybody. I think this is like the known stuff. The guy who plays the main character, um, was it Pen? What's his name? Uh, the guy Badgley. from Gossip Girl, Penn Badgley. Yeah. He, when he started doing, I've seen some interviews with him about you and he he's like scratching his head in his early interviews. He's like, I actually, I'm uncomfortable about this and I don't get it because women are like catcalling me and thinking I'm hot and I'm playing a really, really bad guy. Like you shouldn't be attracted to my character, but so many people are. And he, as an actor is like, he was obviously really uncomfortable in his early interviews, especially where he was like, I don't, know that I want this for humanity or for me. (laughs) And he's like, I don't understand why we can be painting such an unsympathetic character. And he can be like, so many grown women are like attracted to him. And he, as a, as a person was mystified by it and deeply uncomfortable with it. And I thought, yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know what that is about us. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so Melissa just avoids it. And the fact that she didn't react well to Noel probably says that she wouldn't find these people attractive. But yeah. I don't know. I feel like somewhere in a more like instinctual level in some of us, like there is a power element to these. And while they, while these characters, do some really horrible things um and at some points go too far and i don't find them attractive but like there there is a power element to it and some people are attracted to powerful men and i'm one of them mm-hmm. and you know this was just a scene of of noel being really like forceful and i find that sexy Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, he didn't actually do anything to her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Um, look, we would love your feedback. Uh, maybe about this episode or maybe about anything else you want to say about it that's <laughs> happening in the show. Um, so I also it, would like to, no one to ever respond about this episode ever again. No, I mean, we'll address feedback. I, I didn't want to have to sit <laughs> through it, but we did it. We've made it. We've survived. So you, you know, you, uh, you tell us your feedback. If, if you rewatched this and you survived it, tell us, you know, we'd love to know. Um, maybe you did more than survive. Maybe you thrive. Maybe you love this episode. I don't know. Maybe you've got some Felicity fan art you want to share. You can write us at themelissafish at gmail.com. That's Melissa with one L, two S's, themelissafish at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at Felicity Podcast. If you want to know whenever we drop a new episode of our podcast, you can sign up for our newsletter, which there's a link to that in our show notes. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, look for what's written about it. And that is where you'll find the links. 
And then, you know, if you, if you like our podcast and you want other Felicity fans to find out about it and to be able to discover this community of people who are so cool and talking about the show, uh, go ahead and rate or review us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Just make it a little easier for others to find it. And, you know, fish next time we're going to get back into the show proper with an episode (laughs) called the slump. Yeah, I've heard a lot about this episode, that this is a really good one. So I don't know if it's going to be 9.5 good. I don't know either. I think I think there's a certain momentum that starts to happen with the show. Um, and I think that there are characters that people get excited about. There are, you know, we've got these major stories that we opened up last episode that, you know, the the show has nowhere to go before we're with the, with the momentum from that. So you know, there's, there's, David's not here. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot, a lot of, for us to celebrate, I guess, at this point. <laughs> um, so what do you think the slump is going to be about? Um, I'm guessing it's probably about Ben, just based on what you've said, because, and his whole monologue in this story where he was like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Um, you know, he's the only one who seems to be in a slump. Mm-hmm. And hopefully he can figure it out. Um, yeah, that's my guess. Yeah. Good guess. Well, we'll just have to see what what pans out in the slump. But anything else you wanted to mention about this one, Fish? Just that Noel's super hot. Okay. Okay. Well... Until next time, fish. Don't hook up with Ben while I'm gone. I'm a fish. Bye. Bye, everyone.